following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. I'd never do this, but Travion killed the music. I just want to start with a different song today. I mean, today isn't, it's not ladies night or anything, but I noticed just pop up on Twitter that yesterday this song turned 43 years old. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it was yesterday or if it's two weeks from now, (laughs) I'm down to play this song. (laughs) Now, with the ears and when I hear this, yes, I do think Cool in the Gang, but visually, I don't see Cool in the Gang. I see John Lovitz in The Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's losing his mind. And I'm reaping all the benefits. That's one of my favorite scenes ever. Sophisticated mama! mama. (laughs) I don't know. I think right there, I thought John Lovitz was a little better. I think John Lovitz is just a tad bit better in that part when he's freestyling some of the lyrics as well. At least some of the filling as well. And also, look at this whole audience. I'm watching this video. Cool and the Gang is killing it. And everybody's just sitting there taking it in. Like, even me. Like, I, I would look. I would be standing up and dancing. For sure. A lot of ladies in the crowd, too. It's your time. Is that Soul Train? No, it's like a live performance. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner alongside uh, Troy Coverdale. David G is here right now, and Travion Berklin is sitting in. He's working right now on actually getting DY on the Zoom horn, having some technical difficulties, so we're trying to get that figured out. But it is Wednesday, so Derek Young should be joining us here in just a few moments from Casey on the line. Voice the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Make sure to join us at 440. We are going to preview the Week 1 matchup between the Chiefs, and they're going to be on the road against the Arizona Cardinals to open up, which is a gauntlet the first half of the season for the Kansas City Chiefs. Plus at 510, uh, the topic has once again been brought up and K-State really trying to put their foot down this time of stopping the chant. And I think we all know what chant I'm talking about when we're talking K-State sports. There's only one, the chant. We want ice cream. We Oh, that's not it? Yes. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, ah, that's okay. uh, not exactly it. Still number one song of the day and Ask Us Anything in Hour 2. We're actually going to jump out at 540-ish. Uh, because K-State Volleyball plays at 6 at Bramlage Coliseum against the Missouri Tigers. So it's one of two matchups this week here in Manhattan against uh, the Mizzou Tigers. Uh, Derek Young from K-State Online is ready to go, so let me get this started here. <clears throat> it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. AEW Dynamite tonight from Buffalo, New York. We're going to hear from MGF. We're going to hear from Let Champion Chris Jericho. He's going to talk to the AEW Galaxy as he liked likes to say. Also, big drama backstage at AEW where uh, CM Punk got in a fight with some of the top names backstage. This is a real a fight, real fight. Yeah. that took place backstage after the uh, media scrum 
on Sunday following the pay-per-view. But let's get to Derek Young from KCN Online, now with On3. D.Y., we were just talking about John Lovitz and The Wedding Singer. Do you have a favorite Adam Sandler movie? Man, um, Happy Gilmore comes to mind. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a classic, right? So, yeah, it's probably Happy Gilmore. Uh, man. Yeah, Happy Gilmore. I think mine's Waterboy. Water bu- boy in a close second is the wedding singer. Do you got one, Troy? I'd probably go wedding singer uh, first, and then I'm looking more towards uh, Happy Gilmore at number two. Uh, though it gets extra points for Julie Bowen in the uh, in the lingerie. Oh yeah. <laughs> all, I mean, really? Come on, you know all. But wedding singer's got to be number one for me for sure. But I'll tell you what, a sneaky, sneaky one that's coming up in like my top five. Uncut Gems. He was phenomenal in that movie. So good. And the music is just gangster. I love that movie. Travion is going to say Bulletproof. (laughs) I love that movie. I have a soft spot for Grown Ups because that was like the first like Hmm. adult movie I saw in the movie theater. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. It's kind of corny now, but like I still dig It's not the worst. It's a week. It's it's also my weekly reminder that Travion is 10. He's so much younger than I am. Wow. All right, D.Y., let's jump into some football. The reaction was, uh, I guess, a bit split on A.J. Martinez, I guess, from just the reaction I've seen on social media, just hearing from people about, okay, one half is it. Well, it was vanilla. We got what we got. Nothing too crazy. Not taking any risks. He was fine. It was all right. And maybe the other other reaction was, well, not taking shots downfield. He missed some open receivers. Uh, potentially, uh, and maybe that's some of the wide receivers not getting open, was not taking enough risks. He just a lot of checkdowns was not fun to watch. I guess what is your reaction to the game Adrian Martinez had where he threw for 54 yards? I, I almost don't have one, right? Uh, it's like uh, I need to see another game. I just, it, it just didn't take enough chances to really – graded out in my opinion they didn't try anything they just kept it so vanilla that i'm not really able to make a judgment not an accurate one or one that i'm confident in making i mean that performance because of how vanilla it was because they didn't really take their chances or shots downfield i just can't say one way or another and feel confidently like oh you know that was a poor performance it was a poor it just didn't take risks and you can't say, Oh, he knocked our socks off because he only threw for 53 yards. So it's more like, I I don't have a reaction. I need to see what he does against Missouri. Yeah, for sure. I, I lean towards more like, I don't think there's really anything to freak out about. Um, There's no concerns by any means for me uh, when it came to the passing game. It just, you know, they were, they were doing just fine with the running game didn't need to take any any risks it wasn't necessary it also helps that Malik Knowles takes one on a jet sweep 75 yards to the house to you know begin the game I think offensively K-State was fine they ran the ball very well the offensive line a lot of push the polling guards and uh also you know uh, Hayden Gillum pulling as well was a lot of fun to watch it was fine you're right though against Missouri A.G. Martinez we're gonna see him step up hopefully and make some Incredible plays. The wide receivers are going to have to step up. We'll see what they're really made of against the Mizzou Tigers. That you know, defensively last year wasn't very solid, especially in the run game. Um, yeah, they they defended the run poorly a year ago. 
But look, they saw that first game too. Um, they've seen Kansas State for a few years now, and this is, you know, they're they're not going to surprise Missouri. But if you're Missouri, how else do you defend it, right? We know that they're going to make Adrian Martinez throw the ball. So we're going to find out this Saturday because that's what Adrian Martinez is going to have to throw the ball to win. I, I can guarantee you that. If, and if that's not the game plan that Missouri has, then I'll kind of wonder what, what they were thinking. Uh, I know it's random, but I just thought of another Adam Sandler movie. So I think we should. <laughs> this is important. I think Billy Madison might be my number one. I forgot about that one. I had. Actually, I'm sorry. There you go. Actually, a coworker texted me that we were completely missing the boat and not naming that one. Well, so here's another one: Eight Crazy Nights. Solid. It, I, I think it's a. It, it's you can throw it in maybe in the categories of sports movie. Basketball is involved. It's yeah, a great movie. I, I just I just think at this point now that I remembered it because I was stupid before. I I think Billy Madison is the runaway favorite. Adam Sandler had a, a really good run in the nineties. Yeah. A really good run in the nineties. It it, 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 yeah. it got more cheesy for sure in the in the two thousands. Although Big Daddy, I think Big Daddy was also like Little late nineties. But I just watched that for the first time in years. It's it's a few hard. nights ago. It's hard to go against Happy Gilmore, for sure. That's the one I keep thinking. I'm like, man, that how much classic stuff from there. But then Billy Madison, you add in the all star cast as well. I mean, yeah, a lot of heavy Gilmore. hitters in there. Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, I think, are top two. Well, let me throw another one out there. It's maybe not on people's top fives, but it's still a good one. And Adam Sandler was not a main He was a main character, but he wasn't the main character. Airheads. Oh, Remember that one with one. Uh, Brendan Fraser and Steve Buscemi? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They hold a radio station hostage so they could get their music played. Play that demo, baby. I mean, that, was a, that was a good one as well. All right. Yeah. Uh, back you know to, what? Was go it ahead. good? They didn't need to reboot The Longest Yard. That was poor. No. No, you're absolutely right. I only saw it one time. I don't know if I can give you a fair call on that one. They gave Bill Snyder a shout out, they so did. I always got a soft spot for it, you know. He did. Uh, defensive side of the football, DY. Um, give me a guy at all three levels of one that you were impressed with. Defensive line. How about Brendan Mott? Yes, like, that might be a dude. I mean, not might. That that's a dude. Like. I know we've been talking about Nate Fel- Nate Matt- Nate Matlack the whole offseason, Felix Andy DK Uzama the whole offseason, maybe even Jalen Pickle. Uh Brendan Mott's right there with those guys. So yeah, Brendan Mott on the defensive line. Linebacker. There's two because Daniel Green's the obvious one. But I thought Austin Moore was probably their best linebacker in the opener. So I'll go Austin Moore, but Desmond Purnell was surprisingly impressive too. So um yeah, can't go wrong there. Secondary, yeah, he's everyone's favorite at this point. It's hard to knock it, and that's Kobe Savage. He really leapt off the page. They didn't play a whole lot, so I can understand why they kind of get overlooked, but Julius Prince was great at corner as well. Yeah, clearly a lot of rotating guys in there defensively, but I think the three you named would be the three I named. Austin Moore was making some plays Right away in the game, and maybe that's what stood out. Just it was early in the game, and Austin Moore was right there making tackles as as the weak side linebacker. He was getting to the football and, and making some nice plays. Brendan Mott comes up with a sack early in the game, and Kobe said, "DG and I we talked about him a lot yesterday, where we were just raving over the way he plays because he kind of reminds us as as Reggie Stubblefield, who was going to fly to the football and go hit somebody, and that's what Kobe Savage did a, a couple of times." 
uh, for K-State. He was uh, a lot of fun to watch. Now, uh, D. White, we'll, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, a major injury for K-State on the offensive line. We'll get your reaction, uh, plus another commit out of the state of Kansas for the class of 2023. Derek Young from K-State Online back with us after the break on the game. For Derek Young, Cole Manbeck, and I, our alarms are going to be going off early on Saturday. Breakfast football coming your way this Saturday. Bill Snyder Family Stadium, K-State, and Mizzou renewing that old rivalry for the first time since 2011. Kickoff officially 11:01. They've given you an extra minute Yikes. to find your seats for this kickoff, as it's going to be uh, on ESPN two. But Powercat game day coverage begins at seven in the morning. We'll get to that matchup here in just a moment with Derek Young from Case Down Online. Now with on three, you can follow him on Twitter at D Young Rivals. As uh, this comes after K State one to know after beating South Dakota last Saturday, 34 to nothing. And back with Derek Young, D.Y., some uh, sad news to hear about uh, following the game. Uh, it wasn't during the press conference, but it was on Tuesday that uh, we learned about Taylor Potier uh, out for the remainder of the season uh, as an offensive lineman there at right guard for K-State due to a, a torn knee. So uh, you just you feel bad for the guy now that this is happening two years in a row. Yeah. Same injury two years in a row. He didn't play a game at all last year, didn't even get through one game this year. It's just a, a very bit of bad luck. And to think, and I think we lose sight of this because it's not in front of our eyes, not in front of our faces 24-7. We don't get to see how the you know how dinner is cooked, so to speak. But how much hard work goes into recovering from an injury like that only for it to, you know, fall into the same trap as it did just not even two quarters into the ball game. Like it for Taylor Portier to be ready for this season. It took a great amount of hard work to recover from last year's injury only for it to, you know, occur. Um, it's like lightning striking twice. I feel for the kid as Chris Kleiman stated. Um, this is one of the more charismatic personalities on the team too. He's a great interview. We got to know him pretty well during the catbacker tour where he was pretty active and had a lot of fun with the fans during that whole engagement process. And like Chris Kleiman said, you know, sometimes the cruelest things do happen to the best kids. And that's certainly the case when it comes to Taylor Portier. So sophomore Hadley Panzer will now step over to that, that right side at the guard position on the offensive line. He at the beginning of the season earned the oar, on the depth chart next to Hayden Gillum for who's going to be starting at the center position. So we figured it would be a nice mix of those two on Saturday against South Dakota. But now on that right side, Hadley Panzer next to Christian Duffy and, of course, Hayden Gillum. I want to know just your thought of him moving into that spot and how the offensive line should still play with now him in that position. I mean, losing Taylor Portier is still going to stink no matter what. You're, you're going to be a little, a little thinner than you were a week ago. But they see Adley Panzer as a, basically as another starter. They did last week. I mean, he was he almost won the starting center spot. Um, he was the next man up at right guard. He played last year as a true freshman. That's pretty rare. So what we're getting in Adley Panzer is a guy that they – Everything that they have said, everything that they have done in terms of how much they have played him and where he's been at in the depth chart, 
tells us that they have a lot of confidence in what he can do and that they see him as someone with a very, very bright future as well. Um, so I don't, that doesn't really move the needle one way or another with me. I uh, have a lot of confidence in what he's able to do. You'd rather have Taylor Portier than not, but Hadley Panzer is a more than respectable replacement. It's not going to be a dramatic drop-off. Um, that's just how much they believe in Hadley Panzer. What, what does happen is that perhaps the most important player on that offensive side of the ball, regardless of position, but it's going to be the offensive line, is Andrew Langang. Um, he's basically the backup at every spot, at all five spots right now. And because there is going to be a little bit of rotation and he's still trying to get into the swing of things a little bit just because he had some bumps and bruises that get them out of a, a few off-season practices. Now, they think the sky is the limit for this kid too. Um, kind of think about what they thought of Cooper Beebe at the same stage, that kind of potential. But he becomes very, very important because they're going to have to rely on him quite a bit, and he's just a redshirt freshman. But they think, uh, like I said, the sky's the limit for him. He's going to play a lot of football this year. Well, would it move the needle knowing that uh, T.J. Smith is going to should be back for this game against Missouri, especially since Missouri with Brady Cook was able to throw the ball, made one mistake, but that was a pass that should have been caught. Uh, but they do, when it comes to wide receivers from Missouri, they do have a five-star kid from this last recruiting class, Luther Burden, who could be really deadly. Yeah, Luther Burden is a guy that's going to stress uh, defenses this year. He's going to stress Kansas State. You worry about him breaking out and, and getting loose. He is that good of a player. I'm not as high on Brady Cook, but it, but it sounds like T.J. Smith's going to play. Now, it's sooner than I anticipated him returning, so that's a good sign. And clearly, he's made a lot of progress the last few weeks as he recovers from an injury as well. Um, but even more than that, um, we'll see, I because I think he's going to be back. But I think getting Josh Hayes back at safety after missing the first game, and I lean towards him being available against Missouri, I think that's probably the bigger deal than T.J. Smith. With Derek Young from K-State Online. All right, let's get to um, the commit. K-State got over the weekend. He visited for the South Dakota game. That's defensive end Jordan Allen from Elate the South, who is a three-star kid. He's consensus through all the uh, the recruiting sites, including yours on On3. Uh, but he's another Kansas kid. But what do you like about him, of course, now becoming a Wildcat, but just as a recruit? Yeah, he's got he's got a very high ceiling. Now, he hasn't really came close to reaching that yet, which is fine, but he has a very, very high ceiling because he is, you know, you hear it tossed around quite a bit, an athletic specimen, athletic freak, but Jordan Allen's pretty close to that that ta- that uh, that tag. I would give him that label or, or he's at least close to it. So he's got the measurables, the testing numbers to support him being a pretty highly thought of prospect. That's why he had – Offers from the likes of Iowa, Iowa State. Hey, Missouri offered him. They they hosted him for an official visit. So that might have been the first the first battle of the week was won by Kansas State when they knocked off Missouri for Jordan Allen services. So uh, the elite, the South kid. He, he had an offer from USC and Lincoln Riley as well. Uh, so uh, very high potential, high ceiling. A little raw, a little raw yet. But he's also someone that's growing into his body a little bit quicker than expected too. He's he's pushing two hundred and fifty pounds, which uh, I don't know. I would have had him at that weight uh, this early. All right, D.Y., uh, did you have any reaction to Manhattan High beating Derby this past Friday night in overtime? Dylan Edwards 0-1 to start the year. 
Yeah, uh, surprising. Now, Manhattan High is a tough team. They're always going to give everyone a battle. Um, that's what they're known for. Coach Schartz has a good club there. They'll be turning over quite a bit. They have a they have a lot of new faces on their roster that'll play this year, aside from Dylan Edwards. So um, I'd like to see what happens, you know, a few months from now. But that's nothing to be ashamed of. That's a huge win for for Manhattan High and Coach Schartz and. Um, Derby's probably going to have their hands full just because of all, all the replacements they're, they're going to be trotting out this year. Um, we'll see if they can they can grab the 6A title, but I, they did last year. They lost in the 6A title game, but they have their hands full. I think I, w- I don't know that I would call them the favorite at this point. Uh, well, Blue Valley Northwest, do you think they're the favorite for 6A? No, because they lost their quarterback Okay, from last year. So 6A is probably wide open. Actually, the best team in the state might not even be 6A. It's probably Mill Valley or Mays right now, potentially. I'd have to see what the Blue Valley schools have. Blue Valley is probably pretty good. But uh, I really like the the schools at the top in 5A right now. Oh, yeah. Avery Johnson really did torch uh, Topeka High on Saturday. I don't know what he finished with, but it it wasn't even close. I mean, a lopsided win for the Eagles, right? 59 to nothing at halftime. So, yeah. Yeah. Over over 500 yards of offense. Yeah. In the ball game for them, and he has both of his top two receivers back. They're going to score on anybody this year. Yeah, and uh, and Topeka High will be visiting Manhattan uh, this Friday. What's your game right here on K Man? Troy is going to be taking care of that call uh, here on K Man beginning at six thirty Friday. But uh, I don't want a prediction. We can save that for uh, Powercat Game Day. But do you just you have any more thoughts about this Mizzou matchup on Saturday? Yeah, it's going to have to be an Adrian Martinez game on offense. I think. Um, like I said, I anticipate Missouri forcing Kansas State to throw to win. And if he's not up to it, then we're probably looking at a lower scoring game because I think Kansas State can suppress the Missouri offense just enough to win. But, uh, no, I, I think Adrian Martinez, we'll, we'll see what he's made of this weekend. Yep, I agree with you, D.Y. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you uh, for PowerCat game day on Saturday. Absolutely. Derek Young from K-State Online here on The Game, joining us on Wednesdays to talk K-State football, basketball, and a whole lot recruiting as well. Uh, coming up in Hour 2, we're going to be out at 540. K-State volleyball plays at 6 o'clock um, against the Missouri Tigers, so that means pregame is coming up at 545 with Rob Velker live from Bramlage Coliseum. Head out to Bramlage, head out to the Octagon of Doom if you have time to catch some K-State volleyball against the Tigers tonight. Also, number one song of the day, and ask us anything. We'll wrap up the show uh, to kick off our number two. We are going to talk K-State band, Wabash Cannonball, and the chant. Uh, that has really developed in the story the last 24 hours or so. But when we come back, let's talk Kansas City Chiefs. They start the season this Sunday at the Arizona Cardinals. And you know who it's going to be. The voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, is on the game next. The game on KMAN. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, David G., Travion Berkland joining us. Running the board once again. And it's once again time for another season of Kansas City Chiefs football. They open up on Sunday, September 11th, 325, the kickoff at the Arizona Cardinals. And we're now joined by the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, here on the game. Mitch, before we we do talk Chiefs, did you get a chance to watch K-State's 34-0 win over the South Dakota Coyotes? I did not. Full disclosure, 
Um, I had a family event in Smith County, actually, that I was working, but we were listening to the dulcet tones of the network. And so I did not get to see it and haven't had a chance uh, to go back and watch any video, but I will at some point when I get caught up here. Well, the the opponent Saturday is uh, the Missouri Tigers. They haven't played each other since 2011, but I, I'd love to hear if you have any favorite memories from that rivalry from back in the day. Oh, my favorite one is the um, 1993 where K-State wraps up the Copper Bowl bid on a uh, touchdown against Mizzou to uh, head to Tucson, which might have been the Rose Bowl or the Super Bowl at the time. Uh, so that's that's a good one. The other one was in 1991 when uh, I remember, and good friends at Mizzou had showed up, Joe Castiglione, now the athletic director at Oklahoma, and Dan Devine was AD at Mizzou, and Mike Kelly was doing the play-by-play, and it was like, hey, you guys are nice. It's kind of nice to see what you guys have going, but, you know, we're here now. And that was a 35 nothing or 34 nothing K-State whitewashing and totally dominated him. And a young middle linebacker by the name of Kirby Hocutt uh, had a big game, a lot of tackles for K-State, and then Laird Beach destroyed the Mizzou quarterback. An assistant coach for Mizzou watching on uh, in horror was Andy Reid. That was really a very good Missouri coaching staff, but I've talked with Coach several times about that game. It was a total ambush. He was like, yeah, we got whacked and got out of there. But that was kind of the start of things really to take uh, Bill Snyder up. That was one of the bigger wins they had to get rolling and tell people uh, life was much different. Voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, our guest here on the game. So, hadn't talked to you since uh, the Chiefs have narrowed down the roster to 53. Was there anybody, of course, our boy Elijah Lee, unfortunately, didn't make the the 53-man roster, but um, was there anybody else that you were surprised to see not make the cut? Uh, no, to be real honest with you, it pretty much went right down the line of where I thought it would be. Um, there may have been some prizes of who made it. I mean, guys that came on like gangbusters, like an Isaiah Pacheco, the fact that you had nine, uh, um, nine, uh, rookies that made the team. That was big. Um, but no, no real surprises of somebody who didn't make it. Well, after training camp, of course, there's new weapons at wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling at wide receiver, Isaiah Bacheco, who you mentioned at running back, who I know you do uh, like. George Koloftis has been very impressive there at defensive end. Trent McDuffie. I mean, you got a lot of new guys that are going to be a part of this team. No more Tyron Matthew of Carlos Dunlap, Justin Reed. Uh, Depth-wise, thinking about the preseason and the depth, does it still feel like Kansas City – should be plenty talented around the football on both ends. Yeah, I feel very much that way. A, an exception might be an offensive tackle, where I'm not sure they've got a lot of depth. Um, if one of those two tackles went down to have a swing tackle fill in, uh, it may be a little dicey. You may have to put Joe Tooney out there for a little bit like they did last year against Cincinnati. But other than that, the depth on this team I think is superb. And it's a nice blend of some veterans and young guys, as you mentioned, new guys. I mean, 30% of this roster is turned over. Not only do you have the nine rookies, you've got the eight guys uh, that are new to the team. But uh, especially in defense, this is a faster, more explosive team. 
And I think that would be the surprise of, if not the league, the AFC. I think by Halloween, uh, they're going to be talking about the Chiefs defense and saying, wow, we didn't see this coming. Although if people have followed this team in the offseason, you could see glimpses of it. But I think that will be the most noteworthy uh, improvement year to year for this team. Voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, is our guest here on the game. So, boy, I, I mentioned it earlier here on the show where the, the Chiefs, and I think it was Adam Schefter that, that dropped this nugget recently, that the Chiefs are the first team in NFL history to start the season with eight straight games against teams that had a winning record the previous year. Cardinals, Chargers, Colts, Bucks, Raiders, Bills, 49ers, and the Titans are the first eight games for Kansas City. I mean, that is just an incredible gauntlet that Kansas City will have to play. But the question is, out of that, what record would you consider if the Chiefs come out of that four and four, five and three, what would you consider a win after those first eight games? Well, I think six and two would be nice. And I think that's achievable. Keep in mind, this team started three and four last year. We we kind of just see how it ended and getting within, you know, a, a kind of an abysmal second half in the AFC Championship game of going back to the Super Bowl or for a chance to, to win another Super Bowl. But people forget the rough start last year, three and four, and being double digits in the giveaway takeaway ratio minus, and then to rally. Uh, I've seen Andy Reid do this in his nine previous years. There have been major flashpoints for Andy to uh, recover from every year, and he did a terrific job of that last year. But yes, it's it's NFL history. I mean, this league started in 1921. Officially, it's 103rd season, and no teams had to start the first eight games against teams that had winning record the prior year. But let's keep in mind, the team that's going to be playing those teams isn't exactly chicken salad. So if if this team's off to a 6-2 and two start, I would think it's ready to roll. Kansas City has won six straight AFC West titles. I mean, I think it's fair to chalk them in for an, uh, for a seventh straight. Uh, hopefully, you don't mind this comparison, but like KU football or KU basketball, rather, just kind of assume they are the favorites to win the uh, the conference until somebody else says so. Who do you think the second best in the AFC West is going to be this year? I think the Chargers are formidable. I think their record. I mean, I'm sorry, their schedule. You talk about the Chiefs' schedule. Of the four contenders in the AFC West, of the four members of the AFC West, the Chargers actually have the most favorable schedule. That That's a talented team. Now, they have to jump right out of the gate with a division game. But top to bottom, side to side, there's a, a lot to admire about the Chargers. Now, they have been the darlings of the league. Um, and the, they win once again another offseason championship. But uh, seriously, um, the Chargers are, are tough. Great roster good schedule that's that's going to be a team to be uh, tough to get rid of well mitch on sunday at 325 chiefs open up with uh, a game at the arizona cardinals what are some keys to watch out for for the chiefs so hopefully they will start one and zero for the eighth straight season the thing i like mitch in the preseason and we just did a defending the kingdom podcast with matt mcballin that we're going to post here shortly and it's entitled Green Flag, Checkered Flag. It's interesting that the flag drops uh, with all the cars, you know, blistering around turn four, uh, turn four, and the green flag drops. 
but the Chiefs' starting point will hopefully be the ending point because Super Bowl 57 is in Glendale, Arizona this year. Now, the reason I say that um, is to try to get off to a good start. And the reason I also like the preseason was that the Chiefs were good in the red zone. In fact, very good. When the first teamers were out there, they scored every time in the red zone. The Chiefs have not been very good in the red zone uh, the last three years, 14th, 14th, and 20th in the league. And if you just increase five possessions, let's say over 17 weeks, where you get a seven instead of a three, those 20 points can be the difference between 13 and four and 10 and seven. The other thing that I like, and that's a, so the red zone's a key, which is always going to be a key, but this Chiefs team has just built to be better in the red zone. So watch, sevens and not threes. The other one is, can you get some three and outs? The Chiefs have been brutal in getting three and outs over the past four years. Let me just give you the NFL stats of where they rank. And this is going 21 back to 18. So four years in maybe AFC Championship game, Super Bowl Championship, Super Bowl runner-up. 27th, 18th, 30th, and last. Now, if you get teams off the field, get Arizona off the field, which is what the Chiefs did in the preseason when the first team was out there, the opponent had to punt every time. And that was, what, about 10 possessions. But get them off the field and get some three and outs. That's a way of accounting for being uh, maybe less uh, explosive in the 20 or 40-plus plays if you get more possessions and you're better in the red zone. That's a way of overcoming that. So um, for the Chiefs defensively, which I anticipate them being much, much better, you know, get some three and outs in this game, especially early. I remember when we first talked about this season, and it was before the preseason game against the Bears, you, you had a, a take about Soldier Field and, and media accommodations not being good. I would imagine State Farm Stadium, which is a much newer stadium, it opened in, in 2006, is, a, is much better. Yeah, it was a marvel when it came out in 2006 because it had the uh, cookie sheet field. You know, Houston built their stadium and couldn't, they just couldn't figure out their field. They thought that they didn't have enough sunlight to grow have natural grass, and so they just, it's been a problem for them. But Arizona, the, the uh, architects who figured that place out, they just put it on a big cookie sheet and roll it out, roll it in, so you have a natural grass field. Uh, so it, it works for them. Uh, vantage point, it's moved since uh, the first time down. I'm trying to think of the first time I was there. Uh, it wasn't long after it opened, but it's moved a little further to the end zone, which they seem to put the radio folks now. But we were just there uh, in 2014. That was, I shouldn't say just there, but that was where the Chiefs, Andy Reid has been in the playoffs every year since he's been the Chiefs head coach. Sands won. It was 2014, and it was really lost in Arizona, a fumble a controversial fumble, as it were, by Travis Kelsey, allowed the Cardinals to get a 17-14 upset, and that kept the Chiefs out of the postseason. The only time that Andy Reid has been kept out of the postseason uh, since he's been Chiefs head coach. So the place doesn't have great memories, um, and uh, hopefully the Chiefs can uh, take care of that on Sunday. It will be an interesting note, though, that Andy Reid, with this game, will be the first coach in NFL history to have to have coached two teams 10-plus seasons. It's never happened. He's the first coach to have 100 wins at two separate franchises, but no coach has ever coached 10 or more seasons at two different places. So just another reason Andy Reid will be a first, first, first ballot Hall of Famer. 
Well, Mitch, one more thing before I let you go, and that is um, I, I would just like to hear from your perspective how things were when it comes to the, the tribute for Lynn Dawson at the uh, preseason game with the uh, with the uh, uh, Green Bay Packers and the respect calls and, and things like that, just the tributes for him. How were they? Yeah, the choir huddle was one of the cooler things I've seen. And what made it even better was the white hat working that game. Um he calls the play. If you listen real closely, he'll call the play on Lent. He goes, delay of game, Kansas City, number 16. And that was not in the script. It was in the script to have Kelsey and Mahomes out there in the choir huddle and then run off and, and then take a delay of game. And Green Bay goes, hey, we'll, de- we'll uh, decline the delay of game. But for the official to go delay of game on number 16 was pretty cool. You don't remember much about preseason games, but I won't forget that one. Yeah, absolutely. Mitch, greatly uh, appreciate your time once again, and uh, best of luck with the call on Sunday. We'll be listening, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, just uh, EMA, and hopefully there's an ambush like 1991 headed toward Missouri's way when they come to uh, the bill this week. Yeah, I think so. I think it's uh, cats all the way this weekend. Thank you, Mitch. Like the way you think. Thanks, man. That's the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, here on the game. You know, going back to uh, the, the the Chiefs' schedule this year. I mean, I, I rattled off the names, and Mitch said six and two. That'd be, I think, that'd be amazing if if the Chiefs can get out of that six and two. Because in the NFL, nothing is guaranteed. I mean, if you see a game against the Texans, you know, and that is going to be a game where the Chiefs play at the Texans, but it's not guaranteed. I mean, I'm thinking like five and three, four and four. If the Chiefs can get out of those first eight games, five hundred or better, you're thinking, all right, rest of the way. Hopefully, will be it'll be much more easier the rest of the way. More divisional games that you feel like, yeah, the Chiefs will be on their way to another uh, run through the playoffs. You hope. I mean, that, the Chiefs have played a lot of football in the last like three years all combined. I mean, geez, that's a four lot. straight AFC Championship and, and games. It's just like in the NFL. Like, let's say they go six and two. And then they're like, okay, cool, let's take it off, you know, take the foot off the gas, and they drop two. Then the pressure just mounts, and everybody goes, oh, my God, the season's over. The amount of pressure the NFL puts on these teams, you can't take your foot off the pedal at all. You have to remember, and people, I think, tend to overlook it, because we look at it very early on when they set the schedule, but then we've got the entire summer where people don't remember this, but you, when you're successful, you get a tougher schedule the next year. And because of that, it makes it that much more challenging. And I think we tend to forget that. I think it's, it, it's something that just kind of uh, goes out of our minds with everything else that happens during the summertime that, you know, the Chiefs by virtue of what they've been doing over the last few years, continue to have one of the toughest schedules in the league. And it you want that success, but this is the price you pay for it. Absolutely. Well, again, the Chiefs open up on September 11th at 325 against the Arizona Cardinals. Coverage on K-Man Sunday will start at uh, 2 o'clock. And uh, Kansas City looking to go 1-0 again. If they win and they go 1-0, it would be for the eighth straight season. The Chiefs open up with a 1-0 record. Hour 2 of the game, we will talk K-State Band, Wabash, The Chant. It was a big topic in the last 24 hours. Number one song today, and Ask Us Anything. K-State Volleyball coming up at 5.45 against the Mizzou Tigers. Hour 2 of the game coming up in a few moments. Also, your local news is around the corner.